Well, good morning. Welcome back to the broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRN AM for Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. And our top story today, why you should have money conversations with your children early. Joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Nan Morrison is with the Council for Economic Education. Nan, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Well, Nan, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thanks, Jeff. It's always great to be here. I really appreciate the invite. Yeah, this is, uh, I think this story, this this topic, really right in yours and the council's wheelhouse. And I, I want to start off, it's 2024, new year, a lot of financial resolutions that people have. Let's talk about these conversations about financial literacy, about financial education with children. It's really best for parents and guardians to have these conversations with ch- children early. We could not agree more. And that is why our mission is to teach K through 12 students about personal finance and economics, to give them the tools and knowledge so that they can make better decisions for themselves, their families, and their communities. Uh, We do that in three ways. We advocate for it to be taught in the schools. We work with teachers so that they are supported in the schools. We have great programs for high school students. That said, starting early is super important. Not every school has this available to them. We can talk more about that. And so the conversations that parents have with their 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 children are are really are really important to get the ball rolling. And is there an age? So we, you mentioned a little bit about teaching, and and you know I, I just remember it's been a, several years, a couple of years since I've been in grade school, so I don't remember, really remember the curricula too much. But can you start too early uh, with these conversations? When when's a good? I, you know, in my mind. Understanding that what a, what a dollar is and what currency is, pretty pretty basic and pretty important. So is there is there too early an age to start? We don't think so. Uh, teaching kids about money is like and helping them to develop good habits around money is like teaching about any other fundamental life skill. So you start to learn to brush your teeth as soon as you have teeth. Uh, little kids are given instruments to play or they can bang at the piano. If you want to teach your child a second language, people always say start early. It's the same with money because kids need to start hearing the words and hearing the language and start to get uh, an idea of what's happening. Kids are also super curious about the world around them. So they're they're just little sponges. So that makes it really easy for parents to talk to their kids about things because they're just excited to learn. They get to be teenagers and it's, oh, mom, oh, dad, oh, oh aunt, somebody. So so we think early is, is really important just to start to get the basics, as you said. Um, we have a trading game that we do uh, sometimes with our board, it's great. It talks about bigger picture economic things, but I've also seen the game done in a very simple form with kindergartners, uh, and they trade flour and water and milk so that they all get the right ingredients to bake a loaf of bread. And the great thing about, uh, teaching that game when the kids are little like that is they start to get the words like barter and trade. So they're learning about the economy and how money and goods move in the economy. They learn to count. They count the number of moves it takes to get all the ingredients. So so in very simplified versions, you can have very productive conversations with your kids. I would also say that there are learning opportunities every day to talk to your children about money. So 
you can take your kids to the supermarket with you and explain to them why you're buying the store brand versus a different brand. When the kids are a little bit better at numbers, the unit pricing is a great math exercise. I love using math as the example. Uh, so there are all sorts of ways that you can start to bring that decision decision into play. Uh, somebody told me that their son liked to hang on the door door to the refrigerator, and she took him to the, the store, the appliance store, to point out to him how expensive a refrigerator was because if he hung on the door and broke the handle, it was gonna be very expensive to replace it. Um, when I was a little kid, my parents took me to the car, local car dealership. And I still have this memory all these years later, and I was maybe six or seven, of my father counting out the cash to buy the car. Now remember, cars were a lot less expensive then, and this was just a Buick. But, um, it really struck me. And the lesson my parents said was we, we're getting a new car because we can afford to buy a new car. And so I learned the importance of having the money available to you before you purchase something and waiting to do that. So there are all sorts of transactions that, that people do every day where you can just talk to your kids about them. Yeah. And, and also, and, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, finish your thought. I apologize. So, so there's, I'd like to just put a little caveat on that, which is that, um, we have a very diverse country. It's one of the great things about our country, but uh, not every culture likes to talk about money. Uh, and that's that's okay. Uh, I come from a family of merchants. Uh, my grandfathers both had small businesses. My dad was a small business owner. My grandmothers worked with my grandfathers. So so money was a part of the everyday conversation. The Wall Street Journal was discussed every day at our at our table. So that was a very easy and natural piece of our family. It's not like that in every family. Different cultures uh, think that subject is taboo. So, so I don't want parents to feel uncomfortable doing something they don't want to do. We have found that sometimes parents of similar cultures can talk to each other and bring their children into the conversation. That makes it easier. Or it's another good reason why this should be taught in the schools, which is another reason we push it, because it helps to open up the dialogue with the parents and the children if they find it challenging to do themselves, which we need to respect. Yeah, and man, I need to take a very quick break, but I want to pick up a conversation on at the end of the break. When we come back, we'll talk more about financial literacy in schools and maybe how parents can get involved in getting that into their school system. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 
33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, Nan, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. That's great. Happy to continue the conversation with you. Yeah, this is this is a fun one. So, that, you know, the, there's a role for parents to play. And you talked about how and, and what, the, what that can mean and, and what, during the day-to-day -day activities of just life and how that can be, be a big role with, with developing children. Let's talk a little bit about the, the school systems because from what we've covered on the network and what we've read, you know, different states have different curricula, uh, even different parts of a state will have different curricula. I ask you, how, how are we doing as a nation in terms of getting financial literacy wellness, these tools, economic tools, as you call them, as the council calls them, into our school systems around the country? Well, the good news, Jeff, is that we're actually doing better. And in the last two years, a lot better. I can't give away everything because we're launching our 2024 biennial survey of the states at the end of February, and it'll be on our website. And you can all, your listeners can all tune into that and check it out. But, but things, things are going well for the country. We now have over half the states requiring a class in personal finance to graduate from high school. That is huge. That is huge. Very recently, Pennsylvania passed uh, a requirement to go into effect. Pennsylvania is a huge state and with lots and lots of kids. So we a big part of what we do is advocacy. Uh, and we work with our affiliated councils and centers uh, in the states we work with state legislatures. We work with NAS, the National Association of State Treasurers, to really get these policies in place. It's a little different, as you pointed out, in every state in terms of how who decides what the curriculum is uh, and then how it gets implemented. And I, I want to make sure that people understand that it's not just getting a requirement passed, it's getting it implemented. And that is the second piece of what we do, which is provide great resources and training for educators. And we've been doing that for 75 years. We're really good at it. Uh, nobody wants to go into a classroom and be asked to teach something that they don't have a background in themselves. Nobody would, in their right mind, would ask me to teach French, even though I know <laughs> how to say hello in French. So... It's really important to get teachers trained, to give them educator-developed resources, and uh, there's real data, real research that says that's the, the way to go. Um, sadly, a lot of people who look like me in my prior life, a business person, think they can just waltz into a classroom. Teaching is a skill, an art, a profession, and it's important to make that investment in teachers. So we work very hard as the legislation is being passed to ensure that there's funding available to go out and get the teachers trained. Uh, they really appreciate it. They do a great job. They work hard every day, and I think we should all be as supportive of teachers as possible. My mom was a teacher, so I'm a little biased on that front, but uh, it's really important. The, the other great thing about teaching it in school, well, there are two great things about that. One is it ensures equitable access because in states where there are no requirements, I know this will come as no surprise to anybody, kids in lower moderate income neighborhoods are much less likely 
to be exposed to financial education in kids in wealthier school districts. And we know how that all works. So, um, so that's why requirement is really important. Um, it's also uh, important because it gives, you know, a foundational stand set of standards so that uh, teachers know what to do and the kids can all, all move, move ahead. So, uh, and a, a third thing is that, and I may have touched upon this earlier, it gives parents a touch point. So very often we'll come in and do a family financial literacy night at a school with the parents, with the kids. And it always happens. Parent comes up to me and says, I was afraid to talk to my kid about money. It's so clear they're interested in it. The activities were really helpful. I'm really glad that we're doing this. And I'm really going to encourage the principal to make this an everyday part of the classroom. And that is great because even without a requirement, if we can get, you know, few million teachers in this country trained and they're integrating into the everyday life of the classroom means the kids are getting something. Yeah. I want to ask you, uh, I guess, last question. I and completely agree with you on that. I think that um, the parents have to advocate where there's no curricula today and they have to be very vocal or, or guardians. And it, it may be one parent, it may be guardian, whatever. They need to advocate. I want to ask you about, um, you know, there's a lot of people that get information online and they get it from like the TikToks and the Instagrams of the world. 30 seconds, look, I, I think it's great. A lot of people creating great content, but 30 seconds doesn't do these types of topics justice. I, you know, I think about my own learning. Yes, I can get a little scratch the surface, especially something about money or economics. I really need more in the classroom and I need to, re, you know, continue to talk about these issues to learn more. So more is probably better than less. Yeah, I... I have mixed feelings about that. There's just like everything else, there are some things, some of the content is better than others. I think being in a classroom where a teacher can clearly understand and demonstrate a concept is the very best. If somebody has a specific question about something, I'm a big fan of going online and finding out. You know, if you're going to lease a car and because you're helping your parents do that or you're of age now, uh, I think it's great to, to look up something online and hear about what the pros and cons are of leasing a car and things to look out for. But I think the challenge is you have to know the question to ask. And yeah. therefore, you need a little bit of knowledge. And that comes back to your first question. Why is it important to teach kids about this young? A six-year-old or a seven-year-old isn't going to be taught about how to take a mortgage out, but they're going to be taught about the concepts of interest. We use jelly beans to teach them about that. It's a good lesson. So, so once they become comfortable with that, it becomes a lot easier to ask the question and to know what to look for. And then there are lots of tools, tools out there, but we're big fans of helping parents and helping the teachers to do, um, to do it well in the classroom. Yeah. Well, Nan, we're going to have to leave it there. Really appreciate you coming on the program and sharing a little bit about the, uh, the value that, that, teachers and parents can play. Really appreciate you joining us and we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Well, thanks so much, Jeff. And I hope everybody takes a look at the survey of the states on February 26th. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, something you think we should talk to? Drop us a line and don't forget for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more all in one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, visit our website. We're backing in tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM. We'll have a very special guest. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. And don't forget, roll with the changes.
Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.